Aloha Monmouth Christian Church. My name is Pastor Ben Bryson, and I want to welcome you here to our living room here in Maui. As we say here in Maui, Mele Kiliki Maka, which is Hawaii's way, of course, of saying Merry Christmas to you. Many of you are watching this a little bit after Christmas. And just to make you feel warm inside, I'm kind of semi-retired now after 26 years of being pastor at Court Street Christian Church in Salem. I just want to send you a little video of what it looks like today on my lanai. 81 degrees, slight breeze, please don't hate me. It's an honor to speak to you again here from my living room today. And I kind of want to talk to you just about Christmas. As we kind of wrap things up, uh, no pun intended, this is kind of a crazy time of year for many of us. In fact, whatever social media platform you're watching this from, YouTube, maybe you hit the like button, maybe it's Facebook or some other uh, source that you're watching this video. If you resonate to this kind of mass confessional with me right now, just kind of hit this like button. Um, if maybe this time of year you would say, you know, I'm a little stressed out from the gift buying Maybe it was just being around family too much, you know, some of those altercations that you can have. Perhaps maybe it was the decorating. It kind of got out of hand this year. Or perhaps some of you, you're just hurting. You know, you're unemployed with all of this COVID madness in our world today. It's kind of a unique Christmas. You maybe didn't get to spend time with those that you loved. Or maybe you're like me. A lot of times at Christmas time with all of the responsibilities I had in ministry, I felt like I related more to Scrooge or Grinch than I did to Santa Claus. Or perhaps maybe it's your credit card. Maybe it's uh, kind of melted at this point from, you know, spending money that you didn't have to impress people that you really didn't like. So if you relate to any of that at all, just kind of hit that like button. I kind of find it ironic at this time of year that that first Christmas, the angels, when they declared the coming of Jesus, they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace peace on earth. We sing songs like Silent Night and all of these different things and so on, but let's just be honest, there's just not a lot of peace for many of us. In fact, as we kind of wrap up this Christmas time, I want us to look at the first Christmas one last time. I want us to look at Mary. In fact, today, I'm going to spend more time talking about her husband, Joseph, her fiancé at the time. It was very stressful for them. In fact, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. I've got it right here in front of me. And it was a stressful time specifically for Mary and Joseph because, as you know the story, they were in this engagement period. And planning a wedding is a stressful thing. Trust me, I still do a lot of weddings here on Maui. And you're not going to find a lot of pressure put on the groom typically, but in Jesus' time, it wasn't the case. In fact, today we have magazines like uh, Bride, Modern Bride, Today's Bride, Elegant Bride. In fact, as I was looking through different magazines, I found this one article, How to Deal with the Bridezilla, and we've all been there dealing with them before. Perhaps, though, this Christmas, let's look at the groom. Joseph had a lot of pressure on him. In today's world, you know, guys just are told to show up at the wedding. They don't have a lot of responsibility. But in Jesus' time, there was a tremendous amount of pressure put on Joseph. And I kind of want to talk about him as the forgotten member of the manger scene. So if you have your Bibles with me, turn there to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. 
I want to talk about the stress that he went through. And it says here in Matthew chapter 1, after the genealogy of Jesus, it says this is the birth, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged. Let's just stop there. Some of your translations say betrothed. It's very similar to engagement. It was not a, uh, a thing where a guy would get on his knee and propose to a woman. There was usually some sort of a, uh, a business working that had to take place. A uh, cash payment for the bride or, or perhaps some sort of arrangement between the families. And this, this man would go then, after this betrothal, this pledging of his desire to marry this girl, and he would then go to his family's home and he would start building on, adding on to the family home. Now we know that Jesus' father, Joseph, the one that we're talking about, was a carpenter. And in Israel, the building materials weren't necessarily, uh, you know, him going home and cutting down a tree and building onto the family home. It was built with rocks. So when we think about Jesus working as a carpenter, remember, most of the tools that they had to work with or the resources they had to deal with were stone. So the father would allow his son to build on for the coming bride. And in fact, John chapter 14 is a passage of scripture that we often reference with regards to funerals. Jesus said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I come back to take you to be with me, that you may be where I am. That's really a wedding passage because that's the idea of Jesus preparing a place for us in heaven. So Joseph would make this betrothal, this pledge, and then he would go off and he would start adding on this addition to the house. And when he was finished, he would come back and take Mary and they would be married and they would have a place to stay. So this is what's taking place this this early Christmas, and we know the story. It says this is how the birth of Jesus came about. Mary was pledged, betrothed. Uh, Joseph was going to be a man of integrity and come back and take Mary to with him. And it says they were to be married to Joseph, but Mary then came together, and she was found to be pregnant. And it says she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. That Greek word through is the Greek word ek. And everything hinges on that word. All of Christianity hinges on that phrase ek. The fact that this is not some tabloid hoax. That God became a man. And he became a man through this, this woman that we talk a lot about. Hail Mary, full of grace. We've heard these different things in Luke chapter 2. But can you imagine the stress that Joseph must have felt. He didn't have any idea that this was taking place. He hadn't had his angel come tell him about the birth of Jesus. In verse 19, it says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. I'm going to come back to that because everything hinges on that phrase. That's what we know about Joseph, because he was a righteous man. And did not want to expose her to public disgrace. That tells us his love for her. He had in his mind to divorce her. Because obviously, in his mind, she was unfaithful to him during this betrothal period. But notice what it says about Joseph in verse 20. It says, but after Joseph 
had considered, he pondered, he stewed on this. I'll come back to that. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, Yeshua. Because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets in Isaiah 700 years before the coming of Jesus. The virgin will be conceived and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do and he took Mary home to be his wife. He did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. He was obedient. It goes on to say, he took Mary home to be his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to the son and gave him the name that is Jesus. Literally, the fact that God is our salvation. Now, I want to start with the single word here that hinges everything about Joseph. It says that he was a righteous man. He was faithful to the law. In fact, in the Greek language, the word righteous is dikaios, but in, in the Hebrew word, it's this word sadiq. Don't say that at home, you might spit on your neighbor. Sadiq is righteousness. And what that means is that Joseph was uncompromisingly obedient to the book of the Torah, the book of the law, whatever the Bible said he did. Joseph was a righteous man. He was a good Jewish man. You could never invite Joseph over to your house to have ham sandwiches because he didn't eat anything unclean. He didn't mix with the wrong people, the tax collectors and the prostitutes. He didn't have his carpentry shop open on the, the Shabbat on Sabbath just to make a few extra drachma. He was Sadiq. That's who he was. And everybody in that little village knew about him because he was what people wanted him to be in that culture. The same way uh, a, a businessman wants to be a CEO or a professional um, you know, person wants to, to go on to greater things, to climb the corporate ladder. That's what it was in the Jewish culture. He was trying to become something better in God's eyes. And this Israelite, perhaps perhaps a poor Israelite, living under the staunch hand of the Ro Roman government with all of these Gentiles around him, he wanted to be somebody because it says in the text, he was Sadiq. He was a good Jewish man. Now when you're Sadiq, it's not acceptable. In fact, the Torah... <laughs> makes it very clear in the instructions for a woman to sleep with another man, let alone while she's in this betrothal period. Now think about the pressure Joseph must have felt. In fact, we're told in the book of Deuteronomy, it says that if a woman was found to be pregnant, she should be brought out of her father's house, and then there in front of the town, they should stone her to death. She has done a disgraceful thing. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 21, 
She was promiscuous in her father's house. She must, you must purge this evil from her home. So Joseph knows the Torah. He knows the law. And we're told here in this little brief snippet of his life that this Thadik man had this wrestling match. He was considering, he was pondering. A better term is he was wrestling or, or, or mulling over what he was supposed to do because he knew the law. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he also loved Mary. And so he has this righteousness and this mercy. And we're told here in this, the text that he, he had in his mind to quietly divorce her so that the town wouldn't know, so that he could save some semblance of being Sadiq. He could still be this righteous man. Now, by the time the angel comes to him, Joseph has struggled with this for some time. He's wrestling with this. And think about the conversation he must have had in his mind. Picture the conversation. Put yourself in Joseph's place. He's engaged to this fiance, this 13-year-old girl, someone that obviously he loves. And she says, I have some bad news for you. But it's some good news. I'm pregnant. Even though we're not married today, I haven't been unfaithful to you. And this angel had come to Mary previously and said, Hail Mary, full of grace, this awesome, we have found favor in you. You're going to have a, a miracle baby conceived by the Holy Spirit for all generations. You will be blessed. You will be blessed. Imagine how she must have protested to Joseph about her innocence. And imagine how Joseph struggled with this, this thing of loving this woman who in his mind was probably thinking, this is just wild and crazy. So he decides, we're told, to divorce her. Betrothal on that day was a legal step, required something like a divorce to end it. He decided, the text says, maybe to minimize her suffering, maybe to minimize his suffering, maybe to try, like I said, to keep this status of being Sadiq. Now, if Joseph married this girl, knowing that she was pregnant before they were actually married, he would lose his status. He would never be invited to people's homes again of the righteous. He would probably lose a lot of his business. It would be like literally committing social suicide to stay married to this woman. And then in verse 24 and 25, Joseph does two things. He takes Mary home. This is a legal step. In that day, Joseph completed the wedding ceremony. He completed the betrothal by marrying her and taking her, him to, her to his home, or likely his father's home, this home that he had built for her. And this is a legal thing that he does, likely shunned by society. The second thing that he does is not only does he take her home, but he also names the baby. When he names the baby, this is also a legal step. Joseph now has deliberately tied his destiny to the lives of these two stained, trashed reputations, Mary and Joseph both. He made this decision that he would give up his self-righteousness Sadiq, for the righteousness of God. And that's what I want to ask you watching at home today. Are you sometimes too busy 
thinking about what other people think about you instead of thinking what God thinks about you. Because let's be honest, I don't measure up to my own standards, let alone God's. But I know how to play the part of being a Christian. Joseph knew how to go through the rigmarole, showed up at the, at the synagogue every Saturday. He probably wore his tallit, his prayer shawl. He, he probably had, you know, things bound around his forehead and did all the different things. He knew the greatest commandment, which is the Shema, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Just like us as Christians, we know John 3, 16. We can go to church. We can do these different things and go to Sunday school. But sometimes, sometimes it can be just for show. And Joseph, in this small passage of scripture, we really don't know much about him. In fact, in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, we're told that Jesus returns to his hometown and we're not even sure if his father is still alive. This man that showed so much love and dedication to Mary and to him by giving up his self-righteousness for the righteousness of God. We're told in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, Jesus is claiming to do these miracles. And their comment to him is, isn't this Jesus the son of Mary? Now in that culture, no one would refer to a man in that way. A man would be referred to as the son of his father. Even Joseph might have been dead by then. But Jesus isn't associated with Joseph. Perhaps this is a harsh term. Maybe people had turned their back on him. A 13-year-old pregnant girl in a village, consumed by a scandal, and a strong young Sadiq, righteous man named Joseph, who gave up everything to stand by the side of this 13-year-old girl. Folks, that's the scandal of love. And that story puts our stress to me, especially this post-Christmas stress, in perspective. And my question to you is, as we move into a new year, and let's be honest, thank God for a new year. I think all of us are ready for 2021. My question to you is this. Are you going to care more about what others think? Or are you going to try your best to care about what God thinks? Maybe it's uh, your coworkers. They just don't know where you stand when it comes to your faith because you're trying to blend in. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe just going over to someone's house and checking in on them and uh, <laughs> making a plate of brownies for someone you don't know. Because kindness is what God has called us to be. He doesn't care about the outward appearance God cares about the heart. And that's the one thing I love about this story. The fact that Joseph was willing to be obedient, to give up things that other people thought as important, but he gave those things up for the things that matter the most, and that is what God asks us to be. You know, Christmas proves that you matter to God. This story shows us the love that God had for us by choosing people that we could relate to, a carpenter, a peasant girl. He gave up everything of heaven to become one of us, Emmanuel. Obviously to die on a cross for our sins. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me 
when you seek me with all of your heart. And perhaps those of you watching from home today, this post-Christmas, you've missed Jesus this Christmas season. You haven't started a relationship with him, or maybe you need to recommit your life to him. I would encourage you to do that in the quietness of this time, perhaps with your family there around you, or maybe you're just watching at home or listening to a podcast. Stop and pray a simple prayer. God, I'm sorry for the things I've done in my life. Come new to me in my life. Help me to live for you like Joseph did. That's one of the things I loved and miss most about being a pastor at Court Street Christian Church was seeing people give up their old lives and starting something new to try their best to be like Jesus. And in the Bible, we have a beautiful picture of that. Maybe this new year, you need to rededicate your life. And this beautiful picture that we have, this sacrament, if you will, this holy thing that God set aside is baptism. Baptism shows that old person going into the water and coming up into the newness of life. Maybe this, this new year you'll call your pastor and say, hey, I, I want to step across the line. I want to do what's right. I want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, those watching at home, perhaps maybe this Christmas season was a difficult one for them. And I just pray for those that are hurting right now. But specifically, God, I pray for those that are listening or watching that need to rededicate their life to you, or perhaps maybe you need to, to purify their heart. Maybe they're more concerned about the outward things, but you're calling them to, to go deeper, to be obedient to you, not for self-righteousness sake, but for your righteousness, Lord. Thank you for giving us a glimpse into the life of Joseph and Mary and the stress that they had all those years ago. And thank you for the peace that you do give us through Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. I pray in his name. Amen. Well, God bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful 2021. A blessing to Pastor Sean, Seth, the whole crew there at Monmouth Christian Church. Thank you so much for allowing me to share with you from Maui. Aloha.